This year, the Oldest Profession podcast is producing the Old Pro Project to celebrate the anniversary of the first sex worker-led protest in the U.S. To learn more, listen to our episode, Why January 25th Matters. Follow the hashtag Old Pro Project and go to our website, theoldestprofessionpodcast.com forward slash OPP for Old Pro Project. Welcome to the Peep Show Podcast. News and stories from the sex industry. With Jesse and PJ Sage. Welcome back to another episode of the Peep Show Podcast. This week is going to be a very fun episode because we are talking to Jet Setting Jasmine and King Noir about being a couple in the industry. PJ and I talk with them about what it's like to run a family and a business and a sex work career together. So stay tuned. Is there enough kink and flirtation in your life right now? Aorta Films creates lusty, opulent, glorious fuckery. Their films are full of beautifully shot, super hot queer porn featuring a large range of bodies, identities, kinks, and dynamics. This month, check out Aorta's newest release, Pink Lemonade, featuring Daemonum X and Scarlet. Good dollies should be seen and not heard. So why does Scarlet go looking for trouble during a service session with Daddy Daemonum X? One misdeed calls for a spanking, and a second warrants reprogramming. Could this have been what Scarlet wanted all along? $9 a month on Patreon gets you full access to Aorta's library of 60-plus short and feature films, with a new film released on the first of each month. Or back them at the $17 a month level and get a download of that month's film delivered straight to your inbox. Check them out at AortaFilms.com. Hey, I'm Adrian, one of the hosts of After Adult Podcast. My porn name should be Mozart Fremont, but you probably know me better by my actual porn name, Siri. I'm Rachel, but my porn name would be Woody 16th Avenue. (laughs) After Adult is a podcast about life and porn. I don't actually watch porn. I don't really watch that much porn either. I probably watch more than you, but I mean, most of the time it kind of would feel like going to work on my day off. You 100% watch more than me because I don't watch porn. (laughs) Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for After Adult. Or visit afteradult.com and follow us on Instagram at afteradult. We are here today with Jet Setting Jasmine and King Noir. King and Jasmine are three-time award-winning adult film stars and have dedicated their craft to creating a more inclusive and ethically sound adult entertainment industry. Jasmine's a licensed clinical therapist, owner of Blue Pearl Therapy, with a strong emphasis on intimacy post-injury, trauma and intimacy post-illness. And King Noir, who's also known as Hassan Salam, is an international human rights activist, hip-hop musician, and well-known for his work building a freshwater well and school in Guinea-Bissau, West Africa. Together they own Royal Fetish Films, where their love of art, film, and sex education are combined to produce erotica that stimulates and engages the audience to push their sexual boundaries. Jasmine and King share over 20 years of experience as adult film entertainers, educators, and master fetish trainers. So welcome. You guys have so much going on. (laughs) So much that we can't even edit that bio down. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm so excited to talk to you two because we have been doing, what did you say, PJ? Is this our 80th episode? This is number 80. Yeah, this is our 80th episode and we've never talked to a couple in the industry and we are a couple in the industry. So we're so excited to hear about how you two have like interwoven your careers because that's not super common in this industry. It, it isn't, or at least it isn't, um, it isn't talked about super openly. So we're really yeah. excited to be having a conversation with, with a couple um, as well that's in the industry. It's just nice to have that community within community. Yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourselves and how you, I want to hear how you guys got together. Mm. How long, how long have you been together? How long have you been working together? It was a cold, rainy night in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> one of us were there. <laughs> I hope that's the real story. Okay. <laughs> I, I wish. I wish. I, I just, I, we have both been to Paris, but never together. So it was. It's been like on my list of places that I have to go with Jasmine. 
Yeah. Then, uh, COVID. But yeah. um <laughs> but uh actually I I have been in the industry since uh since I I was 18. Oh wow. Um I I started off doing BDSM and and cuckolding and then got into being in magazines and and like local local films in New York and New Jersey. Wow. And oof, then I then I got out of the industry for a while and once I came back into it Jasmine had a, a a podcast called The Emotion Picture mm-hmm. with Brother Victorious and Shah Stimuli. And I was the adult entertainer that Victorious knew, other oh. than uh, Cinnamon Love. <laughs> so um, wow. they wanted to do what it was like to be be a sex worker, adult entertainer, and, and what dating was like. Mm-hmm. So Jasmine, that was the first time we had ever interacted. And wow, she interviewed you about question, being a sex worker? About dating a about sex dating worker. A sex worker. <laughs> Whoa. That's a good yeah. story. That's so even better was, than Paris. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, like, it was almost like a hip-hop version of, of without Chuck Woolery or the Love Connection or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She got to ask me all the questions. Because you hadn't seen me yet either, right? No, I had no so idea. So I was like behind the behind the curtain. And I had no interest in seeing you because I was like, oh, like we're going to talk to some porn star and they're going to tell us how hard it is to love people and for people to love them, blah, blah. You know, like, I, I was just like, oh, I'm just going to talk to them. And that was 10 years ago. Oh, my God. That was gosh. a horrible way to get on an interview with somebody. It was. I, I'm, I'm glad was. I didn't know that's but, how you felt. But the whole show, <laughs> the whole show was about us. You know that I've since changed my mind. No, I mean, I mean, I know that. I mean, but it's funny because the first, the first question that Jasmine asked me was, how do you not have AIDS? Or how do you not contract AIDS? I probably use AIDS a little better grammar. <laughs> yeah, I want to go back to the, I need to go back to the videotape on that one. Okay, that's fine. I need an instant replay. But that was, you know, so the whole show was about like exploring all of these these different aspects of sex and sexuality and relationships. And I was using this show as my, like, you know, like I need to have answers to these questions and talk to these people and prove my preconceived notions about them. And Mm -hmm. I got off of that damn call, like everything that I've ever known is wrong. And now I need to fuck him. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty amazing. Actually, it kind of speaks to to the power of (laughs) podcasts. I do a good interview. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't worry though. You know what I'm saying. I know when to dial it back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. It does speak to. It, it really does speak to the power of podcasting. <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know if that's where you were going. Yeah. But I haven't turned a podcast down since. no you know what's so you know what's so funny about that is that people often like all in all of the interviews that I get asked to go on people always ask me because I'm just so much more like visible as a woman like oh what does PJ think about your work and how does he deal with that and in our life too he was camming before I even knew what camming was like I was introduced to the sex industry through him (laughs) and and it's getting more and more alike every time (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I had kind of a similar experience, except I was an academic who was doing like feminist philosophy and all the feminist philosophy, not all of them, but, you know, a vast majority of them went on and on about how terrible the sex industry is and how all women who are in the sex industry are exploited or they're living under false consciousness yep. or whatever. And then I met him and he knew a ton of cam models because he was working. And I was like, wait, these people don't seem exploited. <laughs> They seem like they're making their own choices. And I also had this experience. It didn't happen in a day. It happened slower than that. But like where I was like, wait, I don't think that they know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's interesting that you say that because when when we met, um, I was just, you know, just kind of coming out of of um, my master's program in gerontology and was practicing as a clinical therapist. And it's the same thing in that world. It is very 
um, very much kind of like the, the we t- we call it now the hierarchy, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And um, and you really are you you learn that kind of like learn that people in certain industries are helpless or hopeless or destitute, yeah. Um, and so I was you know coming into my own sex and sexuality with all of those me- all that messaging about women and what relationships are supposed to look like and what's respectable and what isn't. And yeah, this show was challenging me every single week to think about love, sex, relationships, um, body types, all kinds of things. And from a very, very different perspective and then meeting King who had this, you know, really, really, um, vast, uh, experience, like just vast experiences in general. And he was yeah. doing everything from, you know, philanthropy, he's doing, um, human rights work. He was doing kink stuff. And I was just so fascinated. And, and I learned from that very first question that he had more of a handle on his, sexual health and well-being than most of the men that I knew that yeah. were his mm-hmm. agent but you know talk to me about testing and STIs and STDs and, and the sex industry being much safer than the civilian world so yeah um, that conversation shook everything up and as soon as I got to a computer I was like okay now I want to see what he looks like <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and was that know, the moment uh, that you were like okay well <laughs> I've changed everything <laughs> Everything changed. Like, like, you know, screw all the respectability politics. How yeah. do I get in, you know, get further into this world? And I'd already been doing like poll parties because 10 years ago, you know, poll for uh, Fifty Shades of Grey had come out, right? right yeah. That yeah, time. yeah. So, yeah, it was a little bit more open for women to be having, you know, these conversations pushing sexual boundaries. So I was hosting toy parties and poll parties and yeah. put our heads together to think, you know, to, um, develop a model that would allow women to enjoy um king was doing erotic touch massages and i wanted women to be able to tell men how they wanted to be touched i wanted them to be able to explore their bodies on their terms with a, a wait 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 that... so so let me um back yeah, up for yeah a minute. i just i heard like the record <laughs> scratch uh so i, I heard that <laughs> And I, because I, I know that that Jesse's mind was just like so, exploding so, when you said so erotic touch massage. So tell me, like you massage. do erotic massages? I do actually. Um, because when... I, that's what we just need to do that for the whole rest of the hour. <laughs> no, I'm just. I actually do want to hear about it. No, it's it's really interesting because kind of like how Jasmine is just saying, like. Uh, kind of like exploring your sexuality and knowing all this. So coming from the hip hop world, mm-hmm. that's not, I mean, maybe recently, you know, because a couple of artists have come out or at least, you know, said that they're, you know, uh, allies and things like that. But, yeah. you know, when I was coming up in underground hip hop, you know, exploring your sexuality in any direction yeah, was just always, it's like you have sex one way and it's yeah. the rap way. You know what I'm saying? So (laughs) it's very much like um, coming from, like I financed my first album, like the recording of my first album from sex work. Wow. Yeah. You know, and, but at the set, like, and on my first mixtape, I talked, like I let people know, like there's pictures of my dick all over the internet, all this kind of (laughs) shit. You know what I'm saying? Because I didn't want nobody coming at me because most of my music is very, um, it deals with, you know, politics and 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 hood politics you know Mm -hmm. so people finding out that i did porn in any way or it was in bdsm and all this other kind of stuff always led to like really awkward strange weird conversations that you really don't want to have with people in general but especially not people who are like extra posturing during that time yeah so I, i i started working in my community doing some doing some work uh you know working with uh, youth in my neighborhood that was coming out of, uh, you know, like the youth house or different things like that. So I had to leave sex work for a while because, you know, those two things don't match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they match, but it within the sense of like, you know, if society. They, society doesn't. Oh, right. Doesn't yeah. Yeah. That, right? Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, so, um, when I came back, I was asked by a friend to dance at a party because they knew I did porn. They were like, we need a dancer for a party. And I was like, sure, I would love to do it, but I need to do it in my own way. Mm-hmm. And I found that most like male strip shows and things like that were really just like men's fantasies of what they would want a woman to want if they came to yeah. see the dance. Yeah. Instead of actually being what women actually want. Right. So your sweaty balls off my neck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not not everybody wants the, the dick on their shoulder. 
Right, you know what I'm right. Saying? Like you did dance. That's what yeah, I'm Yeah, like I want to see some dick tricks. I don't want it on my shoulder. Yeah. I watch. <laughs> you know, um, so I, I asked uh, a lot of uh, my, my friends at the time, like, what would be sexy to you? What would you enjoy? And a lot of the women I know are like, yo, you're really good with your hands. And I like the way, like, I've always kind of done massages with body press. So I, I came up with a way to kind of like, for private dances, it was like a private dance massage, erotic, all these oh things God. mixed together. I worked <laughs> with um, a friend of mine. She She's a Reiki. She learned mm-hmm. Reiki directly from a Reiki master and, and was teaching me about Reiki. So it was entertainment, but also about, uh, you know, exploration. And there was, you know, we did like uh, sensory places. deprivation yeah. and wow. impact play and Food. made people into a Sunday, but all on the massage table, all dancing and all of that. So like at that time, like was, I was doing private parties in New York when Jasmine interviewed me. And mm-hmm. it was starting to blow up. Like people were like, yo, this rapper Hassan Salam be like, you know, stripping and doing parties and these <laughs> massages. And it was really like, like there were people who would be like, I was at your last show and I also want to come see you strip. So like it was really like making, yeah. making AIDS in New York and New Jersey. And then I was like, I want to do more. So when we met, it was kind of like, it was perfect. Yeah. Because Jasmine was like, I'm teaching this and and I need uh, a man who's willing to openly answer questions. Mm-hmm. And since I do that anyway, like my music is an open book of my life. So I have nothing to hide. So let's do it. And yeah, like we started traveling the country and then traveling the world with our fantasy flight parties. And That's people started amazing. saying, hey, when are you going to make porn again? Because mm-hmm. when well, primarily most of the women at our events were black women between the ages of 25 and 45 who were like, I do not see myself in porn yeah. or anyone who looks like me, or mm-hmm. I don't feel respected when I watch it. Mm-hmm. And we were like, we'll do it. Fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Make <laughs> the porn you want to see in the world, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love how much you're talking about like, um, openness and listening and like um, sort of in terms of these parties, kind of like reaching out to people and asking them what they want and using that as kind of part of your creative process of, of figuring out how you're going to do these performances. And it sounds like the same thing um, with making porn, you know, kind of hearing from people what's missing and, um, you know, thinking about how to represent that. And, and I just think, you know, it's worth like dwelling on that for a moment because that's, that's just seems like really powerful and and interesting mm-hmm. um you know how much that theme kind of kept coming up there yeah thank you for, for sharing that i think you know so much of one of one of the things that Kay and i would see quite often and we see this with adult stars too and this is kind of how we have shaped a lot of our model at royal fetish films is that so, so often people are used to doing what they've seen or what they've been told um mm-hmm. is what they should do versus what feels good, what feels right, um, or what they are actually interested in, in exploring. And um, I remember when we first started doing the massages at the parties, um, you know, King was like, we'd have like this menu of different things that they could try. And they'd be like, I don't know, you know? Um, and I would say like, you know, well, where do you want him to touch you? Like, I don't know, wherever he normally touches, you know? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, and so really, really like kind of, you, you know, like pushing and I guess using those Dom skills to yeah. get them and empower them to know, I really want you to think about this. And, and if you are, you know, do you want to be spanked with feathers or do you want to be spanked with spikes? Right. You know, and, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Really helping people find their voice. And the same thing when it comes to working with other film stars, with our, our production company, it's a lot of people have been casted or typecasted in our industry based off of the stereotype of their looks, not mm-hmm. based off of their sexual pleasures right. or their yeah. preferences. And so, you know, when we when we get a chance to shoot with someone, we might say like, oh, like, Jesse, what do you enjoy? You know, what do you mm-hmm. enjoy doing? And instead of saying, this is what I enjoy or this is what I would like to do or how I'd like to see myself on film, we usually hear, well, I normally get uh, booked for. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know? Yeah. 
which is very different than what I would like to create, you know, right now. And so, um, and if you take a look at our, our Royal Fetish catalog, you'll, you know, see some of our, some of our favorites doing things that they've never, they've been on screen for like 20 years, but wow. have never done some of the things that they really would like to explore doing from Sarah J, Angelina, Misty Stone, you know, trying Lethal some lips. of Lethal Lips, trying some of their first fetish experiences. Wow. Um, oh, wow. You know, it's really, you know, what's interesting to me about that is I've had like a different sort of experience, which is that like, I've only really made stuff that I felt like making that seemed like organic to my own like sexuality, but you know, I'm independent, so I can do that. And, um, I've had people but less like, so in cam shows, right? So you have had that. Yeah. Other yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, but like in my clips and I've had people who follow my only fans or who've gotten everything that I have, who've pointed out like what they're not seeing as if like, that's weird because I'm supposed to have it because everybody else has it, you know? And, Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, because, for example, I mean, this is super specific, but like, I don't like facials. I don't want things like, sh- like coming at my face. And so I've just never done them because it's just not something I'm into. Like, I don't really like it. And people are like, well, how come, how come nobody comes on your face? And I'm like, I don't know. Cause I'm not into it. I don't know. I just don't. Where are your videos sleeping with other men? And I'm like, I have lots of them. I'm pegging all of them, but you know, we're in a horizontal <laughs> position, and um, and they're or they're like, I only want to see you sleeping with a man that's not your husband. And I'm like, oh wow, okay, well, <laughs> hang out for that one, or I'll send them the links to the ones of me pegging, and they're like, that's not what I meant. <laughs> Right. Yeah. But it's it's interesting to me that people have these like very specific scripts and they're like, well, you just didn't do this thing. And I'm like, well, but there's lots of places to come. You don't have to come. Like, (laughs) why? Why should I do this one thing? You know, there's so many different things that people can do. And I think it's interesting that um, just simply like doing the sorts of things in porn that you want to do in your in your own life, like that throws people off a little bit, I think. (laughs) Absolutely. I, I also find that, and and this is also kind of like going back to um to the massages. Like I remember there was this one woman who she came out of the room and she was floating and all of that, and everybody's like, "Well, what happened? What did you do?" And you know, everybody's mind went to one place, and it was like he just massaged my forearms. Uh. <laughs> like, and she, and I mean, like we had had this conversation about, you know, pressure areas in her body and she typed a lot. So, you know, she has some tight ass forearms, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. And, but it's also like, it's a part of your body that also you do not get touched sensually mm-hmm. and it doesn't mm-hmm. get, it doesn't get kisses. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't get blown on or wax or, or yeah. chocolate. Nobody knows. Nobody thinks like chocolate strawberries on the forearm. Yeah. And this is somebody whose whose forearms are put to a lot of work. So mm-hmm. she got them, you know, they got the the royal treatment, right? Yeah. And I think it's the same thing when when people watch porn too. It's because people are so uh, indoctrinated to think one way. The only way that I could see Jasmine have sex with another man is if that man is penetrating her. Right. You know how right. many ways there are to have sex? You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> so many. Yeah. There's just so many different combinations mm-hmm. and variations and different ways to experience somebody. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, we have scenes where I might not bust a nut. Yeah. I might have a, a, a internal orgasm, mm-hmm. but I might not uh I might not physically ejaculate. Ejaculate. Yeah. That's the word mm-hmm. I would say. Right. So but people will be like that scene was great, but you didn't come. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. it's like, well, I mean, I, I did have an orgasm or even if I didn't, like sex don't always only ends when a man ejaculates. Right, right. right. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like people have this perception that it only happens one way and things always have to happen one way. And it's it's important to expand your your knowledge and expand your experiences because think of all the pleasure that you're missing out on. Because right. shit doesn't fall into the two lanes that you know of. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, and a lot of it, it is true that a lot of the porn that we see, at least like that comes out of you know mainstream studios, does you know follow those sort of I don't know rigid scripts, and so I I, I think it's it, it is powerful when people um, represent the alternatives, you know, when they make that available for people to see. Yeah, I That's think. That's what we're here for. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I wanted to ask you guys a little bit about how working together impacts your, like, the sort of interactions that you have with clients. And I ask that because for for us, for me, in a lot of the work that I do, um, even though most of it I do by myself, most of my, like, one-on-one interactions with clients are, I do them on my own, but PJ seems to get like integrated and brought into a lot of them by my clients like themselves um, because <laughs> because they know who he is and they know that I'm married and they, you know, and there's a lot of by curiosity and there's a lot of things like that. But it's interesting to me that like um, he always laughs because I'll be like taking night flirt calls or doing something like that. And he's like, oh, are you guys like fucking me again? You know, <laughs> like walk in and I'm like, yeah, we always are. <laughs> <laughs> he's like great glad I could be of service you know and it's it's just interesting because I feel like a lot of people who follow me and who want to interact with me actually want to interact with with both of us and I don't know that I would have expected that you know when I started this if I wasn't if I didn't always like all of the work I've done has been like since I've met him and so I've always been you know, in a partnership as a sex worker. So I was curious, like, if you've had similar sorts of experiences or what those look like. Yeah, there, there are a couple of really, I, I, I think it sometimes falls on, on, on me to get really interesting um, because I'm also a therapist and I see a lot of people in our industry or that come to the practice because they know that we are, you know, a very open, um, a very open couple, and, and they're looking for that level of transparency in their provider. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, some some little strange thing. Well, I don't know if they're strange. This is different for me. Like, you know, we'll be having a therapeutic session, and someone will say, like, "Oh, is that King on your on your bookshelf?" You know, and it's, it's like, <laughs> can we focus? Can we focus? You know, or even bringing up, you know, my relationship mm-hmm. in 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 the context a bit of like, you know, oh well, not everyone can have a a, a polyamorous relationship, yeah. and and mm-hmm. it's kind of like you oh. don't know the the inner workings of our relationship, and we should not be by any means comparing my, you know, my relationship yeah. to yours. Like, let's stay focused. Yeah, um, that or people like even clients that maybe want to book a one on one. Uh, sex work clients that want to book a one-on-one session with me, they'll say like, is this okay with your husband? Yeah, (laughs) that's interesting. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I I need to kind of either, um, they need to know that he, they have his permission or that I have run it through. And, and I know, understand some of that is either a part of their fantasy or Mm -hmm. it is out of respect for, you know, whatever, whatever they kind of think up of our relationship and they want to make sure that they are not causing any any problems to a relationship that they model or or that they you know respect. So yeah. it, it is it is mm-hmm. really interesting and just kind of providing that reassurance and quickly redirecting to you know I'm working with you you're working with me let's go yeah, you know, yeah if you're worried yeah. about him you can pay his rate and ask him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not okay with you. I'm not okay with you. I find with um with uh clients who book me at times um, for like private fetish training sessions and things like that. I definitely have had clients who, I guess, think that maybe I don't tell Jasmine mm. that I, that I do this work on the side. That's the, yeah, like, I get I that too. I mean, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like Las Vegas with everything else. Like I don't share your business and stuff like that, but my partner does know that I have private clients or private fetish clients and my partner knows I do porn too you know what I'm saying so it's like it's funny sometimes people are like are you sure this is okay like yeah I'm flogging you we're fine it's yeah I get that when I'm on cam and people are like does your husband know and I'm like how do you think this is happening we're in like quarantine (laughs) yes (laughs) he's literally sitting underneath me right now (laughs) yeah I think that's interesting that there's to me to me it like some some of it's just fantasy, I think. Like, oh, it would be exciting if this was, you know, uh, on you know on the down low thing. But a lot of it, I think, 
Or me, if we got caught, right? Like yeah. If you walked in on us. Or yeah. But to me, like what I read into a lot of that is that there's like so much fear about being like honest with your partner. And a lot of people are coming at it as I couldn't actually talk to my partner about something like this. So like I feel like a lot of it is like like disbelief like or something. Or I think it's like almost like implicit questions that they don't want to ask out out right about like how you get to a place where you can have that level of openness. Work that makes sense. But I don't it's, know. it's cool. It's cool. I think I, I I also think it happens also like if there's an interest in somebody and it's not work, and I'm talking to somebody and they're like, "Well, does your does your wife know?" Like, mm-hmm. if it's personal, then yeah, like she knows your name, she knows who you are. Yeah, we discussed this. It's yeah. okay. Like. I am in an open polyamorous relationship. You mm-hmm. know, no one's going to come key your car. Whatever the fear is or, or um, hesitation. But I know also a lot of people have experienced liars in this world. Yeah. yeah. You know, so there, there is a certain part that I do have to always remember like, yeah, I live this way. I've been in this relationship for how long I've been in it. So there's certain like, oh yeah, the world is great. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But there are people out there who have experienced some really, really fucked up shit in regards to relationships and trust issues and things like that. So I have to let them know, like, it's okay. Like if you want to check in with Jasmine to make sure that I'm not lying, like I'm okay with that. Let me give her a heads up to know, you know what I'm saying? Like, that yeah. you're going to reach out. And and both of us actually pretty much prefer somebody to reach out mm-hmm. and be like, hey, you know, I'm somebody that talks to your significant other. I have no problem with you or I yeah. like you too or whatever the fuck. Like it, it just, yeah. mm-hmm. it makes the world better when everything is out on the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's like, uh, that still i think in our culture i think this is changing a little bit but still it's like very counter cultural and so i think that a lot of people don't like can't conceptualize their relationships working in that way thanks for joining us today jesse and i are dedicated to platforming sex worker voices and covering important political issues for those in the sex trades but we can't do it without your help. If you believe in our mission, find us at patreon.com slash peepshowpodcast and show us some love. We're also seeking advertisers to help us grow. Thanks for helping us make Peep Show happen. What's your favorite thing about working together? What do you guys enjoy doing the most together? All of it. All of it. I enjoy performing together. Um, I enjoy, I you know we've we've worked with each other since we've met each other. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So mm-hmm. There, are, it's hard to kind of go. There, there was there was never a time that we weren't a work part. Um, we didn't have a work partnership. Actually, yeah. we had that first. Before we had a romantic partnership so I can't imagine not working together on something mm-hmm. even if we you know leave the industry I that part of our relationship has to maintain in, in my mm-hmm. opinion like to like look King is like you gonna leave the industry huh <laughs> <laughs> don't worry whenever we do we'll we'll be working together like you know even yeah even that right? sometimes I think like well, if I leave the industry, like, can I manage your career? You know, like things like I just, I, the, some of the best moments that we have had together have been creating our brand, mm-hmm. um, you know, helping each other fulfill our goals with our sex work, our other work, you know, the music we are, um, we team up on aspects of that with therapy. King is definitely a huge sounding board and support and helps me strategize. There's um, so many ways that even in the things that we do as individuals, we are like our number one consultant to each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I very much feel like we're like that, too. And it's the same thing. We've always worked together, our whole relationship. So when people are like, how do you uh, manage the, you know, um, the sex work part of your relationship and the romantic part of your relationship? And that's like actually a weird question to me because our whole lives are so intertwined that I don't <laughs> 
I don't know. It's not so compartmentalized like that to me. No. Mm-mm. You were thinking? Oh, yeah. I, I'm actually editing a scene right now. We did like a documentary film while we were shooting a scene where Jasmine is directing a scene with me, uh, Rehab Barbie, and Zerlina Devine with an all-woman production team. Wow, cool. And, and so, like, I'm editing it. Like, right now, I'm just kind of, like, organizing everything and going through the clips and the scenes and everything. And I was just, like, turned on all over again. Because, <laughs> yo, Jasmine is, like, she's a really, really dope yeah. director. And, like, when we when we shoot... And this actually was, this was like the only scene where Jasmine directed and I wasn't doing anything on the production side of things. So I was like just a, a just a performer. Yeah. So it was like, like being even more relaxed in the sense of like, okay, I don't got to worry about lighting and camera and all this other stuff right now. So it was really just getting, being able to be a performer and how good she is as a director and it's like now i'm able to also because i'm going through the scenes like i'm listening to her talk to the camera woman mm-hmm. and hearing her be like yeah i want you to follow that beat of sweat all the way down from his body down to her toes and i was like oh shit she's following beads of my sweat so like you know so like and then and then other times we've worked together um like we have three scenes that we work together that won awards, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's like, not only do we get to work together, but like people recognize our work together as being something that needs to be seen, you know, like yeah. I usually handle the, like I've wanted to be a cinematographer forever. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like that was like one of my childhood dreams. So I'm doing that now. And, and, and jazz is just a really, really good director of, of, people period so yeah. like two of those things coming together it's like it's such a turn on for me to be able to work with my partner in that way and then just as jasmine said like we've expanded it to things that we worked on before we knew each other like yeah. i trust jasmine's opinion so when i'm in the studio i like her to be there like just like you know like there's there's my brothers that's been in the studio with me you know since i started recording mm-hmm. and Jazz is right in there with all of them. Like, nah, nah, nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just, you know, like, just, just fits in, fits in the same with all of us the same way. And and I value her attention to detail and her creativity and being able to do that with somebody that you that you love and make love to is like mm-hmm. some next level shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's... <laughs> do you um how how's it been for you all like during covid how's that shifted and changed um how you've had to work together or what the dynamic is like 24 7 now (laughs) (laughs) we don't get no breaks so so under normal circumstances we travel probably about two weeks uh two weeks a month wow and um normally we might we may like leave together and then, um, you know, we'll, we'll work for a week and then I'll come home and King will stay at that location and like, you know, continue shooting or working in a dungeon. Um, yeah. and then we'll meet up in the next city. So we're always balancing, you know, family life and travel. But, um, what, what's interesting is like, you know, when we travel alone, like we get that hotel room, you know what I mean? Like we get that break from the kids and the routine. Yeah. Um, you know, like we can make a mess and and there'll be fresh towels like we yeah we, mm-hmm. yeah we the towels so much <laughs> um, and now it's you, you know we obviously we don't have the opportunity to create that kind of space from um from the kids and also that like week apart that we would be away from each other while one of us is in another city and the other one is home we don't have that space from one another either yeah um, so like we've had to take what used to be like a, you know, a good chunk of time to be able to kind of like reset, get into your own mind for a little while and, you know, get together and then we get together as a team and then we get with the larger team, the family. Yeah. Um, we're having to find like little moments here and there to, you know, to find some, some peace at the beginning of the quarantine or mm-hmm. at the beginning of the pandemic, we sat down as a family and all kind of asked each other, like, what do you need to survive this? Yeah. You know, and King was like, 
I need to be able to work out. Um, and what was mine? I need to be able to like walk or I need to and, and, and build this forest. Oh yeah. My patio. <laughs> Jasmine has built an enchanted forest. On our patio. Aww. <laughs> I told them that's what I needed to survive. And here we are. So we, you know, created some boundaries within our own, within our own home mm-hmm. uh, to be able to, to, to somehow recreate the amount of space and the amount of closeness. Uh, yeah. That same creativity of working, you know, we've turned a couple of rooms in the house into potential spaces for us to to shoot. Um, we pivoted our business to be completely online. Like we have still been able to exercise some of the things that we love so much of working with each other, which is being creative, thinking on the fly and um, respecting each other's like, creative space, workspace, and also personal space. And, you know, it's been a challenge because it's been a sh- very stressful. Yeah. You know, this is not just mm-hmm. like, we're not traveling this year. It's like, we're not yeah. traveling this year because you can't. We're not right. traveling this year because, you know, of, of all the many reasons it's not safe yeah. to. Um, it's, it's been challenging not seeing some of our, like, individual favorite people right. or our other partners. But... Um, we're managing and we're managing to the point that we, you know, are continuing to prioritize our family and our, our safety over any type of like excitement that might be on the other side of the walls of this house. Yeah. <laughs> Is there excitement out there? Are y'all going out? <laughs> What's going on out there? Yeah. A, whole, uh, a whole civil war. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I I feel like our experience has been really similar, but I actually really like what you say in terms of like, because I think when we're when we talk about um, uh, like quarantining with our family, um, we often talk about like not having enough space. But I also like that you talk about not having enough like closeness, too, because there isn't that like time that you can, you know, be in a hotel room together or even like sit in a restaurant without the kids together or even like finish a conversation. And so I like this idea of both like creating space, but also like creating moments of like closeness too, so that you can have the kind of ebb and flow that you have in your regular life when there's no ebb and flow to like waking up and going to bed, you know, in the same place every single day and not leaving that space. Yes, yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's um I think that there's a lot of ways in which like we're all um lucky to be able to know how to make a living from, you know, our bedrooms or our living rooms or wherever it is that we're doing right. our work, but but also it creates other sorts of challenges. Absolutely. I feel very incredibly, incredibly fortunate. And for those of us who are quarantined with a partner that you know and trust and you don't have to worry about, you know, multiple tests and days and days of quarantine. Like we are, um, you know, that much more fortunate to be able to create a variety of content because we're, we're here together. Normally, what does your days look like? So you, I know, Jasmine, you're a therapist and King, you work on music and other projects as well. Like, how do you split up all of your time and negotiate that? So a typical day looks like, um, if everything is going as planned, which that never yeah. happens. So. Okay. <laughs> Your idealized um, schedule. What, what does that look like? <laughs> what, what's written on the, the refrigerator is <laughs> uh, usually I take the, the, the early morning shift with the little one. And so like breakfast and a pamper change is like, if we could get that done um, before I have my first client, then we are off to a great day. Yeah. And, takes uh over the baby at around like 11 in the morning right around mm-hmm. 10, about 10 or 11 I do a check-in on the teenager that is um homeschooling yeah. and then I get on clients and uh King is doing all the education the outdoor activities the sports he is he's got virtual school going down there after school programs <laughs> oh my gosh wow look at you <laughs> yes um, and that goes on till about five or six in the e- evening. You usually get a break when the teenager is done with school. So she kind of takes over for a couple hours, couple hours so he can get his workout in. Um, nice. Yeah. Business hours stuff. And then at around like six or seven o'clock, I switch out of therapy. We kind of do a, a, a hybrid of dinner in the news and the catching up of everybody mm-hmm. at around that time. 
Um, and then I'm with the kids for the latter portion of the evening, kind of like the bedtime routine mm-hmm. of sorts. That if that's a thing, yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm using the word very loosely, and then get to work um, all night. That's when I that's when I edit, hop yeah. on my camp shows, yeah. and yeah, catch up catch up on business and things like that. Yeah, and then I try to in some um, like solo shoot solo shoots and customs and and things like that. Usually on the weekend, yeah, um, when we. Can there have one of the girls or or the grandmas take the little ones out the house um or i can you know sneak up into the camera while they're doing something downstairs so yeah, yeah. i have learned one thing though during quarantine don't try to shoot customs during football no <laughs> if the Steelers are playing all of your fans will hear me cursing at the tv in the background <laughs> over my my life because I was like I am not redoing this I know that I'm not, <laughs> not redoing that um but I also cannot hear him and a two-year-old yelling yeah go Steelers <laughs> that's, that's too funny that's a big one I've actually had to learn how to uh change how I watch football because my son he's two and he's Definitely a sponge for for words he shouldn't say. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, now I have a very PG way of watching the team, and I know when <laughs> to go outside and yell if I need to. In our um, pretty much our balance between um, you know home life and and balancing kind of like the the vanilla work, uh, yeah, I guess therapy, the vanilla work, the family school and yeah how did your um how does your family interact with your like work so you have your parents who come and like help with the little one do they support the work that you guys are doing oh yeah they they support us fully um king's mom is definitely more um more open to talking about the kind of work that we do i mean Mm -hmm. of course you know without getting into like the details that you don't want to know about your sure, son yeah. and daughter in love, but you know, we talk, we're able to say really openly like, Oh, you know, we have some shooting to get done this week. My mom is more on the conservative end of things. She mm-hmm. respects that we have to work. Um, she knows that she doesn't want to know or need to know all of the details. Yeah. And she really does like the lifestyle that we're able to create for our family. So she mm-hmm. definitely does not interfere with our ability to maintain this lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> and really that's like probably, probably good enough. You know, if you can just have somebody who's not like fighting against you being able to do that, then. No, no yeah, absolutely not. Um, we definitely feel, definitely feel supported by our family. Our kids are, completely in in the know about the work that we do mm-hmm. um, and we're able to share with them age appropriately when we need like a you know a certain level of privacy in the house or yeah. you know, we're doing interviews and things like that so um you know we have a, a really I, I call our family a sex positive household um mm-hmm. we are you, you know we everyone is living freely without making anyone feel uncomfortable yeah yeah that's sure. kind of mm-hmm. like the best we Yeah, that is the best. I mean, I think our family very much runs like that, too. And, you know, our kids know what we do. We don't talk, you know, a ton to them about it. But it was it was funny because I mean, we do insofar as like they know what we do and they know we run this podcast. And um, but it was funny the other day because my 15 year old son said something recently where we were just talking in the kitchen. And what I find is interesting is that like our openness makes them very open, but more than I expect sometimes. So he he comes and he's like, oh, we were talking about when we kind of came out to them and told them what we were doing, because at one point we did that. And mm-hmm. and his um he said, yeah, I remember that. And then he was like, I remember wondering um if like when you do phone sex, do you guys just like open the ringer or open the line and then let people listen to you have sex? And I was like, um. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I was surprised that he asked it like that. And I was like, oh, that's not like exactly how that goes. But, um, you know, sometimes kind of (laughs) not not always just like that. It was just funny, like the way that he asked that in such a nonchalant, 
way. It was much more like a mechanical question that didn't have anything to do with like the stigma or ways in which other people who haven't grown up in an environment right. which like actually that. throws you off more because you're so used to like, yeah. <laughs> like being at least we are being responded to with a, a sort of uh judgment you yeah know, and like these loaded questions that um, the kids don't have that right. and so when they ask questions i'm like oh wow um okay <laughs> So I can just answer this, and, and you're not going to tell me I should stop doing this, right? Yeah. <laughs> we got like a shipment of of different lubricants for us to to take a look at, and um, my oldest daughter saw that one of them had CBD. So the oldest daughter is is 20, and you know we we're saying like, oh yeah, yeah, they they come with CBD now, and you know we got to kind of see if this product is 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 good or sound, and yeah. she goes. Oh, oh, wow. That sounds cool. You guys are going to use them? Like, you're going to use, like, they sent, like, three bottles. And she's like, you're going to use it? Like, and we were like, uh, yeah. I have some other, some other packets that if you'd like to try, I'll leave them for you. You know, we're, we're very supportive of her having a, a healthy yeah. um, lifestyle and, and behavior. But, like, asking us if we're going to use all of our CBD lube because you want dibs on it, like, no, I don't. I don't know that I want to have something with you or anybody else. Like you know, faking out my my sex toy drawer. Yeah. No. I mean, we have different areas of our house that are set up as like you know studio areas, and there's this one area where like the lights and everything are permanently set up, and there's a kind of a plush like couch on there. And it was funny because the other day, our little one like came in, and he's he just turned four, but he comes in and he likes to lay on that felt couch, especially if he gets out of the bath because it's like soft, you know? So he comes out of the bath totally naked. He lies on the felt couch and then it looks like he's posing, you know, almost <laughs> like laying out, you know, on this couch and we were laughing <laughs> and then our teenager was like, Oh, look, mom, he's going to be like you. <laughs> I was like, geez, what does that even mean? He was just joking, like about modeling. But it's interesting that we've like come to this place that it's that's so like normal in our life. It's it's a beautiful thing, you know. Mm -hmm. And and even if you know the the way that we've normalized our work is if you were sitting at a desk and your you know your little one jumped up at the desk and pretended to use the computer, um, everyone would say like, "Oh, look at him working just like mommy." You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. Even like we're talking about this very innocent thing, like my daughters will we wear the same shoes and same shoe size and clothes size. Sometimes they'll have like on my stilettos or thigh highs, and you know, like prancing around. And if I were a, I don't know, like if I were a, I don't know, backup dancer for Madonna or Beyonce or something like that, it would be nothing. It would be like, oh wow, look at her, she's gonna follow in her mom's footsteps. But for sex workers, like, oh god, get her out of it. You know, I always. If you're going to be like, you're never going to be like me. You're going to be better than mommy. Whatever it is that you decide to do. Because that's that's our goal, right? It's like we don't want our kids to be just like us or just like anyone. We want them to be the best version of themselves. Of themselves, yeah. 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 No, I think you're totally right, though, because there was no like, there was totally no judgment in that. He's like, oh, he's posing on a velvet couch. That's what mom does. (laughs) Totally made sense. Yeah. Well, is there anything you guys are working on right now or um, any projects? Well, you were talking, King, a little bit about a project you're working on right now. We are ha- we are working on a uh, documentary film. We don't we have a working title of Pleasure Principles, but um, it's it's going to be something that is a full film that we're going to be uh, getting into uh, film festivals. Because nice. we want to show the work that goes into creating adult film. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have started our own company called Black Excellence, where we are going to be managing people's careers and helping people get into the industry. Because there are a lot of people um, in the black and brown community and, and just marginalized communities in general. where, like, you know, I want to do sex work. I want to be in the adult industry, but I do not want to have to live as a caricature of who I am or some kind of stereotype in order to be successful. So we're going to help people navigate 
that career and and get to those spaces and and hopefully connect people with other people both in front of and behind the camera in front of and behind the computer screen that will be able to make that happen and that goes from like you know creating our own SEO tags to you know actually educating people and letting them know you know what uh what is and what is not okay and and some of these uh major companies that are out there that that do not have any BIPOC people or trans people, you know, mm-hmm. on their on their staff will be able to talk to us about how to actually change that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we are continuing to go into the new year working closely with BIPOC AIC, which is the Black Indigenous People of Color Adult Industry Collective. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, we were um, heavily supporting the Education and, and Wellness Committee, and we will continue to provide support, um, including offering a weekly support group for BIPOC sex workers, uh, as well as continuing to collaborate and partner with Pineapple Support, offering um, sex work, sex workers therapy, uh, and also a support group doing that um, once a week as well. And King and I have uh, started over the last, well, I guess it's been the last year and a half now, um, being invited to spaces to do some training for therapists and other providers on how to serve our community without causing re-traumatization or mm. traumatization. Yeah, um, right. Practice, yeah, you know, how to practice as medical providers, um, mental health providers without perpetuating stigma. So um, this year we partnered with the Sexual Health Alliance, offering some um, train the trainer, basically uh, support. Mm. And this year we'll be doing some work with the Modern Sex Institute on um, making sure that sex therapists are not only not only um, treating other sex workers uh, fairly and, and reducing any opportunities for for harm, so as much harm reduction and practice as possible, but mm-hmm. also opening their lens and perspective about working with people that are not in the industry, but that have alternative, for lack of a better term, lifestyles, um, who engage in kinks and, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, or want to have a sex positive family. How do we help these therapists take their judgments and either work with them or lock them and and lock them down and keep (laughs) them away from hurting other people? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Wow. You oh, got, and I, also a new album today called Adult Entertainment. Yes. And we oh, have some new cool. toys coming out too. New, new, new album, Adult Entertainment. Yeah, Jasmine nice. has, can we, can we say what you have coming? We can. Jasmine has an insertable yes. toy. Wait, nice. Would it be, well, you can insert yourself in it. Yeah. And you can also insert it in you. Yes. Oh, wow. So wow. It's an insertable, penetratable. It's, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, that that's why right? nice. okay, no, wait no you can't, you can't we're get into a sword you, well, this my is a, sword you can oh shit yeah and also variations on the kingdom war dildo mm-hmm. new scenes for royal fetish xxx yeah we gotta com. we're gonna have to fuck in between some of these projects you yep know? all of that okay. so yeah okay. Wow. Well, that is a lot of exciting <laughs> things and also a lot of really important things that we um we're very appreciative that you're uh, doing all this important work in the industry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And this was really fun. It was great to talk to you. So where can people find you? Royal fetish, XXX.com. King Noir, XXX.com. Jet set Jasmine. On all things. On all things. Yes. At K I N G N O I R E on all things that I'm not shadow banned. Right. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of the Peep Show podcast. I'm PJ Sage, and you can find me on Twitter at Peach Sage. And I'm Jesse Sage, and you can find me on Twitter at SapioTextual or at jessiesage.com. We would like to remind you that we have a Patreon account and would appreciate your support. Please visit patreon.com slash peepshowpodcast. Our music is courtesy of Joe Kennedy. The show was produced by Jesse and PJ Sage. Signing off. Have a great week.